Brazilian Soccer Podcast presented by Soccer Expeditions. I'm Lucas Navarro and here's my co-host Brandon Long. Hey, how's it going? Good, Brandon. How are you? I'm doing very well. Nice and relaxed. Good, yeah. So, uh, one reason why this episode's a bit late, probably about a week or so late releasing it, is because both Brandon and I were abroad. Uh, I went to Brazil, saw some family and saw some soccer. And how about you, Brandon? Where did you go? I went to Europe and solo <laughs> and saw some soccer and some sights. Very nice. So we'll talk about that later, maybe in our next episode. We'll talk about the games that we went, but there's a lot to talk about now. So Brandon, why don't you remind everybody what are the segments in our podcast? Sure. So just remind everyone, we go over four segments We kick it off usually with our young players, and we'll kind of catch you up on the three young players that we follow throughout the season. These young players uh, possibly play in the Brazilian League, or they may have since moved. They may have moved. We don't know. <laughs> hint, hint. Yeah. Abroad, if you will. Then we usually take a look at the Brazilian League, the standings, what's going on with that, uh, how the teams are shaking, who's top, who's bottom, things of that nature. And then we're going to take a look at our third segment, which is talking about the Brazilian players who are playing around the world. So think of, you know, the famous ones, but also um, some of the more obscure ones, especially as we're moving into the World Cup coming up next summer. And that obviously leads us to our fourth segment, which is talking about the Brazilian national team. Yes, and we have some news about the Brazilian national team. So stay tuned. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. So let's start. Let's start with our young players. Our first young player is Vinicius Jr. What do, do you have to tell us about, Brandon? Gosh, so A, he has scored. <laughs> yeah, he finally scored. So he's been looking for that first go as a professional for a while now. And he not, not only got one, but he got two goals in that same game against Atlético Goianiense. I remember back when, you know, every time you join a new team or you join, you know, something like that, and you just want to get the first goal out of the way. It feels mm -hmm. like the first goal is the hardest. So I definitely think this is a good, uh, a good start for him. Yeah, he feels, you feel that pressure, right? Especially since Real Madrid already paid 40 million euros for him. You know, that's really cheap these oh, days. Oh, these days, yeah, that's a bar bargain. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he finally got a goal. Not only a goal, but two. And not only that, that was the first game that he was a starter for Flamengo. Yeah. yeah. So he played a full 90 minutes. He scored two goals. He had some other really good plays. So maybe he's the real deal. Yeah, I think I actually like the way that they're handling him. He's kind of been in and out of the starting lineup. Right. He's been uh, more of a sub, if you will. In some games, not even that. Right. Um, but when he has come on, I've liked some of the things he's done. And we've seen him obviously lead to goals. He's won penalties in the past, that sort of mm -hmm. thing. So it's nice to see him. Th this will give him a boost of confidence going forward. Yeah, and he, you know, he's only, he just turned 18, mm -hmm. so you have to be very careful mm -hmm. because, you know, this kid came out of nowhere and he's, you know, I'm sure he's out of a very simple, poor family and now he has all this money and fame, so you have to be very careful what you do with those type of players. So put him on slowly, he plays, you know, a game here and there, but he's getting more confidence and 
there you go. He scored two games or uh, two goals in one game. That's that's really good. It is good. So very good. I'm happy about Vinicius Jr. Finally got his goal. He's been playing. And now let's move on to our next young player, Guilherme Arana, who plays for Corinthians. Unfortunately, he's only played 45 minutes against Vitória, and then he was hurt. So he hasn't played since. Uh, we are on the lookout to see when he's coming back. I think it was hamstring or knee. So he's going to be out for a few weeks. But we'll, we'll keep an eye on him. He's been playing very well. Yeah. And something happened in that game against Vitória, and we'll tell you in a few minutes, but it's not very good for Corinthians. That was not a good game. Not only they lost Guilherme Arana, but they also... We'll tell you a little bit later. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, not much to talk about Guilherme Arana right now, except that I saw on his Instagram, apparently he's selling baseball caps now. Oh. <laughs> so the brand is called, in English, this is not a translation... Ladies and gentlemen. Oh. <laughs> so I was reading uh, some articles about that. Apparently, you know, he's making money now. So he used some of his money to fund baseball cap companies so his brother and cousins can run it. Oh. <laughs> what does that mean, Brandon? <laughs> that means that you come into some money and then family out of the woodwork starts <laughs> exactly. asking for all these business ideas that they've had. So, something like, hey, listen, I have a great idea. Yep. These baseball caps... Perfect name, Perfect. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> now, I'm not a business expert. I don't claim to be anyway. But it seems like it might be hard to copyright ladies and gentlemen. I'm not sure. Maybe they didn't even think about that. <laughs> Who but doesn't it, say ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> I don't know. But uh, the point is, you know, he's been posting on his social media about the hats. And I'm sure people are buying it because... Yeah, we'll link to it on the website. We'll... <laughs> yeah, ch check it out. See if you like the hats and you, you can always buy it online probably from his brother and cousins. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's just a little fun thing that it's, it's fun to, to look, you know, the things that these young players do. And hey, you know, best of luck to him and his mm -hmm. brother and his cousins. Hopefully they will sell a lot of ladies and gentlemen <laughs> apparel yeah <laughs> starts with hats but where are they gonna go next right who knows <laughs> who knows uh okay cool let's um let's move on into richarlison and this is very exciting yeah our boy richarlison so a lot's been going on with him gosh he has we already talked in one of our previous episodes about him potentially moving to another team that has now obviously transpired to Watford, but there was a little hang up there with the work permit for a little bit. There was for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. They were trying to, to prove that he's good enough to to get a work permit and be, be able to work in England. Yeah, so that was finalized and approved, and Yay. he was ready to go on opening day of the EPL. Against Liverpool, big, big game. Yeah, not an easy game. Uh, I was curious to see how they would play him it's interesting because and this is a little shameless plug for our fantasy league <laughs> oh yeah remember we have a fantasy league <laughs> <laughs> they listed him as a midfielder on there which i thought was interesting because i always think of him as a striker right because we both were looking for him and we were looking as a striker i couldn't find him and i couldn't find him i was like well maybe you know he's not in the system yet and then i was looking for a midfielder and i by chance i saw him mm -hmm. so yeah that's really weird yeah but he, he has been playing as a forward, right? Yeah, so that game, the very first game against Liverpool, he actually started on the bench, 
Then Watford had one injury. They subbed on a player. I believe they had another injury in the first half, and they, that's when they subbed him on. And so I think that he played a good, a good amount of time, and he was very lively. Like, when I saw him, it looked like clearly this is someone who's been already playing in the league. This is the first game of the season. Most people aren't match fit. Right. You know, you obviously have a preseason, but he's obviously been playing in the Brazilian league which started, you know, earlier this year. So in that sense, he looked very good. He definitely looked like one of the brighter people on the field. He was doing good things, lots of energy. Basically, he led to one of the goals, that the, you know, one of the tying goals. It was like a late goal, right? Mm-hmm, very late. So uh, I believe he had a, a small injury in that. I think he knocked heads or something like that because I remember he was down for a little bit, but that was fine. He carried on, and he's, he's shown well for what he's been doing. Then he played the next match. Also, another good match. Also playing very well. And guess what? He scored his first goal. He already scored. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's great. I mean, he came on his first match against Liverpool. Huge, huge game, right? And they tied 3-3. Three three. And Watford's third game was in injury time, was it? Mm-hmm. And he was given an assist, actually. He kind of... He, I think he didn't mean to pass. I, thought he was, I think he was trying to shoot on goal. But someone else scored and he, he was given an assist. And then the very next game, he, he did start as, uh, he was a starter, mm-hmm. right? He played 80 minutes and he got his first goal in the EPL, which is pretty amazing. That is. So it's, it's very exciting to follow him. You know, our boy who started at Fluminense at 19 and now he's 20 and in the EPL, playing all these big matches and playing very well. So we will definitely be following him and let you know everything that happens. Yeah. And follow our social media because, you know, every time they play and they score, we, we repost or we post something about it. Brazil Soccer Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And we're trying to repost a lot of their stuff on Instagram and all kinds of news and good posts on, on Twitter. So make sure you follow us so you know what happens in real time. So, yeah, really cool. We'll be following these three players. Unfortunately, Arana is hurt, but he'll be back soon. And Richarlison in the EPL and Vinicius Jr. playing for Flamengo more and more. It's going to be really cool to keep following them. Now we'll go on to our next segment. Yep, so let's talk about the league, the Brazilian league. All right, Brandon, so I'm very sad. Why? It finally happened. What happened? After 34 matches without losing a game, Corinthians finally lost a game. (laughs) Yeah, it's very sad. They're still very comfortable on the top of the league, but it had to happen, right? That's what they say, yes. (laughs) It has to happen. Unless you're Arsenal circa, what, 2004? (laughs) Yeah, 2003-2004. Yeah, where they won the league undefeated. but 49 games. That's insane. (laughs) Uh, No, Corinthians lasted 34 games without losing a single match, but they finally lost. But what makes me most sad is that they lost at home. I don't like to lose at home. I would be okay if they lost away, but not only they lost at home, but they lost to Vitória, which is one of the worst teams of the league. But that's what happened, you know. I don't know why the big teams don't do this. So the small teams go play against Corinthians at home, and they play with 11 players in the back, holding back the whole game, and then they have one chance to go and score, and they do it. You know, the other teams, they try to score all the time, and Corinthians go and score instead. 
So maybe that's the secret to beat Corinthians. Yeah, I think there is something to that. You see that with some of the other, obviously, big teams around the world where, obviously, the smaller teams, they park the bus. Yeah. They try to hit on the counter. They try to get, you know, maybe it's a set piece. Just They just need that one chance. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you end up, your team has, like, 40,000 chances. And you're like, why can't I put one of these away? Right. So it happens if you have a really good team. You know, it doesn't happen often. So you can still win the tournaments and the leagues and the championships. But it happens. So there you go. No longer undefeated for like, what was it, four or five months? <laughs> I want to say it went back to March. Yeah. So it was 34 <laughs> games. A, lo- a long, long time. Yeah. But there we go. Now they lost. Now they can start winning again and keep that... A new that, streak. Yeah, new streak and stay up on top and win that league for sure. Yeah. There wasn't much of the Brazilian league because it was a Libertadores week. So I want to go over just some of the news and results from the Libertadores, which was the round of 16. So it was very interesting because for the first time in a while, there was actually a chance that all of the teams in the quarterfinals would be from either Brazil or Argentina. Oh. Yeah, it just worked out that way, but that did not happen. So let's see what happens. So Grêmio, they beat Argentina's Godoy Cruz, which is a very small team, not very known team from Argentina, so it wasn't much of a problem for Grêmio to go through. So Grêmio from Brazil is through to the quarterfinals. They're really good, at least for me, the really good news is that Palmeiras did not go through. They lost to Barcelona, not the one from Spain. <laughs> oh, okay. I was, I was curious. <laughs> yeah, like not the real Barcelona. But there is this very popular and traditional team from Ecuador, from Guayaquil in Ecuador, called Barcelona. And they beat Palmeiras. And they are through uh, to the quarterfinal. And it's very interesting because Palmeiras has a lot of money. They are the team in the whole South America that spent most money this season. They brought in a couple of very expensive players, and everybody thought they would do great. And they were the huge, you know, the biggest contender to win the Libertadores. And there they are. They didn't go past the round of 16. Mm-hmm. So, and they're struggling in the Brazilian league. I think they're fourth or fifth, fourth. It doesn't really work if you try to buy all the good players. You need to have a good coach, a good chemistry between the players. So that's a good lesson for Palmeiras. Right. Uh, moving on, Atlético Mineiro, also from Brazil, lost to, get this, team's name is George Wisterman. <laughs> <laughs> and they're from Bolivia. That sounds like an owner. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. I, I'm sure there's a story about that name, but at the moment I do not know. <laughs> so Atlético Mineiro is another very good example. Just like Palmeiras, they too spent a lot of money. They have very big names like Fred and Robinho. Mm-hmm. And again, they're struggling in the Brazilian league, and they didn't get past the uh, round of 16 in the Libertadores. Mm-hmm. And then the other two Brazilian teams, Santos and Botafogo, they both won and they are through the quarterfinals. So in the quarterfinals we have from Brazil, we have Grêmio, Santos and Botafogo. So it should be interesting. We'll, we'll keep following that and we'll let you know whenever uh, the quarterfinals happen. Oh, and then again, if you don't know, <laughs> the Libertadores is the equivalent to the Champions League in South America. Yeah. All right, uh, another piece of news from Brazil, from the Brazilian League. Uh, Flamengo, 
just like Palmeiras and Atlético Mineiro is a team that spent a lot of money, brought in a lot of big names, and have not been doing too well. So they did fire their coach. Uh, their coach started last year, and they're supposed to be a, he's supposed to be a temporary coach, but he lasted longer than most people thought he would. Since they haven't been doing well, he's gone. And they brought in this guy from Colombia. His name is Reinaldo Rueda. And he's very, you know, he's a very famous coach. He started in Colombia, obviously, but then he was a coach for the Colombia national team and the Honduras national team and Ecuador national team. So he has World Cup experience. He did really well. He did well with Ecuador in 2014 in the World Cup. He did well in 2010 for with Honduras. He took Honduras all the way to the World Cup. And then in 2015, he started coaching Atletico Nacional from Colombia. And they were the champions, the Libertadores champions in 2016. So this guy has a lot of good baggage. He's been through a lot of national teams and good clubs. So Flamengo is really betting that he will do well and take Flamengo to where they're supposed to be with all those big names like Diego and Guerrero. So we'll see what that, what's going to happen. Yeah. In Brazil, though, there, there, there is not a tradition of having good foreign coaches somehow they haven't done so well in the past so there's always a controversy about you know Brazilians think that, Bra that Brazilian coaches are so good and we shouldn't bring in foreign coaches but we'll see what's going to happen we'll keep following Flamengo we you know they should be doing much better than they are doing now with the big names that they have so all right so There not much happened as far as the standings. Corinthians is still in the top, followed by Grêmio, Palmeiras, and Flamengo. And São Paulo, we've been talking a lot about São Paulo, and they're, they're still struggling. They're very close to their relegation zone. And in our next episode, we're going to dig in deeper a little bit more and see where they are. So our next segment... Yeah, so let's talk about some of the players around the world. And now we have some stuff to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's the summer, right? So that obviously invariably means transfers. That means obviously preseasons and leagues starting. That means that we can kind of see what's, how teams are going to set up and basically how they're going to you know, tackle their season, really. So in this case, I don't even know where to begin. I feel like we've talked Neymar to death. Yes. Uh, he's obviously at PSG. That's wrapped up. That's right. done. Fine. So if you didn't listen to our last episode, we talked all about the transfer and what we think is going to happen and everything. So if you did not listen to the last episode, go back and check it out because we talked Neymar a lot. <laughs> yeah, so I think the really the, the biggest news since then was Barcelona were a little petty. They didn't send the paperwork over in time so he could start mm. the very first game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then there was also, they were pretty late in sending it so he could be ready for the, the next game after that. But they right. did eventually get, it did find its way over. And boy, um, was he ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's, that's obviously done. Um, so he's been able to play his first match with PSG. He, you know, everyone's waiting for a Neymar goal. And not only is he getting goals, he's getting assists too. Yes. I mean, it is, honestly is as you would expect. Mm -hmm. Someone of his caliber playing in this league and playing with these. I mean, it's a good team. I mean, he has good players around him. It's, it's exciting to see. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely he's hit the ground running, so to speak. Yeah, and, and there's something I want to talk about. We talked about in our past episodes, and everyone talked about when Neymar was at Barcelona, that he was under Messi's shadow, right? 
And that was sort of like an abstract kind of thing. There was a lot of discussion. Is that real? Or, you know, is Neymar as good as he is? And blah, blah, blah. And now, when I saw him playing for PSG, that became much more clear in my head what that meant. So, this first game with PSG, I saw Neymar doing what he does with the Brazilian national team. So, he's not stuck on the left side so much as he was at Barcelona. I see him floating to the middle, I see him going to the right side, I see most all the plays going through him, and that's exactly what he does in the Brazilian national team, but he was restricted to that left side with Barcelona, because Messi was that player. So now I understand a little more clear what it means to be under Messi's shadow. I think that does make a difference, and I think if Neymar wants to be the best player in the world, he would have to get out of that position. And it's only been one game with PSG, but what I saw him doing, every single ball goes through him. He falls on the left, he goes in the middle, he goes in the right, he rotates, he's all over the place. And he was really stuck on that left side in Barcelona. So what do you think, Brandon? I do think there is something to the messy shadow thing. I, th I think it is both on the pitch and off the pitch, right? Because there's something about, obviously, Messi and Ronaldo that they're very popular. It's been many stories, obviously, about their egos. <clears throat> Messi seems to be the, not quite as flashy as Ronaldo, if you will, but still known to throw a hissy fit when <laughs> things right. don't quite go his way. Sure. So I think that at Barcelona, he knows that he is basically the top billing. And if that were to ever change, that would be an issue. And so, yeah, so for Neymar to get out of that, he'd, he would have to leave. Messi's not, he's what, 30, 31? Yeah, he's right around 30, yeah. 31. So it's not like he's retiring tomorrow. No. If it was up to Barcelona, he'd play until 40. Right. right. As long as you're selling those jerseys and selling out the stadium. And playing really well like he does. Yeah. So I do think that there is something to Neymar stepping away and out of that. Part of it is twofold. I think on one hand, I think it's real. And then part of it, I also think it's kind of manufactured in the sense of it kind of helps with like the tabloidy story type thing. Because for all intents and purposes, even though you didn't see many Instagram posts from Messi, when he left, it seemed like they got along. I mean, there were pictures what, not too long ago of them going to his birthday party, or his son's birthday party? No, I, I don't have any doubt that they're really good friends. I, don't, I, I think being under Massey's shadow doesn't have to, anything to do with their friendship. I just think it's a natural thing that Massey, he's, you know, he's probably the best player since Pele. Some people argue that he's better than Maradona and he's the best player in the last 30 years, whatever. So, doesn't matter who comes into that team, that is Messi's team. Messi's gonna take out all the balls. Messi's gonna have more freedom to move around. You know, Neymar, as good as he is, I feel like at Barcelona he was stuck in that left side, which is, you know, his best place to play. But in the Brazilian national team and in his first game with PSG, I saw him floating around a lot more. And that was clear to me what that Messi's shadow actually meant. It meant, you know, under Messi's shadow, he doesn't have as much freedom as he's going to have now at PSG. That, that's what I think. And I think that's a very interesting point. So if you have a chance, do watch a PSG game. You will see how the team is playing for Neymar. Everyone wants that ball to go through him because 
you know, he has the ball. He can put Cavani in front of the goal. He can put Di Maria in front of the goal. Or he can just do it himself. So it's going to be very interesting to see how he develops from being, you know, probably the third, fourth best player in the world to be fighting for that first spot. And this season is going to be very interesting to see how he does that. Yeah. Yeah, and if, you know, if you're in the U.S. or Canada, you can obviously watch the French League on BN Sports. So yeah. if you want to see, and obviously they're going to be playing pretty much every PSG game. <laughs> yeah, a lot more than last season, I'm sure, because now you have, everyone wants to see what, what he's going to do. So check, yeah, definitely check out the games and we will be talking about him uh, in every episode, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, okay, so then obviously that's Neymar, which obviously touched on Barcelona. Let's stay on Barcelona because, yes, they might have lost a player, but they obviously gained a player in Paulinho. So let's talk about that. He, he made a transfer from uh, the China. From China, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, so we talked about that last, in the last episode about Barcelona was interested in Paulinho. And Paulinho, if you don't know, he, he played for Corinthians in 2011-2012. He won everything he could with Corinthians. He was an amazing player. He was called for the national team and, you know, was, got famous. And then Tottenham mm-hmm. bought him. And for whatever reason, I still think it was because of the coach chose not to play him the way he plays best. He didn't do so well. So he did go to the 2014 World Cup with Brazil and, you know, didn't play as well as he did in 2013 Confederations Cup. But Tottenham did not, was not able to use him in the right position, I think. So they ended up sending him to China. And he was forgotten in China for a year or so until Chichi came on as the Brazilian national team coach. And Chichi uh, worked with him at Corinthians a couple of years before. So Chichi really trusts Paulinho. He knows how Paulinho plays and where he plays best. So Chichi took a gamble and brought him from China into the Brazilian team. And he started playing really well. He had a hat trick against Uruguay in Uruguay. And European teams started to look at him again. There he goes. Now he went to Barcelona. Barcelona paid 40 million euros to bring him from China back to Europe. So it's going to be interesting to see how he does in Barcelona. Uh, a lot of Barcelona fans were not happy with this transfer. I think they found it underwhelming. Underwhelming, but I mean, if they have been following the Brazilian national team in the past year, Pauline has been playing really well. And you have Iniesta getting old and not, you know, probably not being able to play 90 minutes every game. And Paulinho can do that sort of uh, midfielder that's a surprise thing into the box and scoring goals. Will be interesting to see how they play him. And hopefully he will play really well because he needs to to play well this year so he will be good and fit for the World Cup. Yeah, I think whenever we, you know, whenever you talk transfer, you want, you're talking about your team, right? You always want the uh, like the FIFA signing, right? It's like on FIFA, you know, you can buy anybody you want, right? right like it's like a video a, game. The huge big names. <laughs> um, so it's one of those things where you know you hope that uh, your team does that, and then when you know, when every time you're buying like a midfielder, central midfielder, slightly defensive midfielder, whatever, like it feels like um, anticlimactic. It just feels you know not as exciting. But I think he'll win them over quickly with his play on the field. Yeah, he you know, he, he will get his second chance in Europe and hopefully he will do well. If he plays, you know, anywhere near what he does with the Brazilian national team, 
I think Barcelona will be very, very happy to have him. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll keep following because I'm very interested in him. You know, as a Corinthians fan, I saw his best in 2011-2012. I mean, he is one of the biggest reasons why Corinthians won the Libertadores and the World Championships in 2012. He's an amazing player. He's very disciplined. He's very good to watch. And one of those players that, you know, doesn't do the fancy stuff, but every once in a while he's up there and he's scoring an important goal, especially. It's like, you know, you need a goal, he's there and he scores it. So it would be really cool to watch him. So if you have a chance to watch a Barcelona game, do it and look for him on the pitch. And we will be talking about him throughout the season. All right, and now we're going to segment four, which is a national... We're talking about the national team. And finally, since we started a podcast, we finally have a list of players that Chichi called and we can talk about. Everyone obviously is winding down to the World Cup. We obviously have this these players that Chichi has called in. There's some speculation. We've even talked about, you know, who he, we think should deserve call-ups. Right. And we finally have, have a list. What do you think of the list? I like it. There aren't many surprises, so let me go ahead. Do you want me to go ahead and read out the list? Or sure. Or do you want to go and... <laughs> you want to pronounce the Brazilian names or you want me to do it? You can do it. Okay. <laughs> so, goalies. Um, Alisson from Roma. Cassio from Corinthians. And Ederson recently moved to Manchester City. Okay, and then the defenders are Danny Alves with PSG. Fagner, Corinthians. Felipe Luiz, Atlético Madrid. Marcelo, Real Madrid. Marquinhos, PSG. Thiago Silva, PSG as well. Miranda from Inter Milano. And Rodrigo Caio from São Paulo. And in the midfield, we have Casemiro from Real Madrid. Fernandinho from Manchester City. Giuliano from Zenit in Russia. Luan from Grêmio. Paulinho from, well, he was in China, but now he's a Barcelona player. Felipe Coutinho from Liverpool. Renato Augusta from Beijing, Guan in China. And William from Chelsea. And the forwards are Firmino, your boy, Liverpool. Gabriel Jesus, Manchester City. Neymar, PSG. And Tyson from Shakhtar Donetsk. So I don't think there's any surprises there. I think that there were some people who were probably hoping David Luiz would sneak in. Yes. But at the same time, I'm not surprised because he hasn't been really involved with the national team. He, he was in the last he was in the last list. Okay, so I'll talk about some of the controversies that Brazilian media was talking about. Uh, first of all, the goalie Cassio Everyone wanted him there. He's doing really well, so he deserves it. That's not a, a big point. Alisson, which Chichi really trusts, and Alisson is Chichi's starter. But he hasn't been playing much with Roma. This season, he might be a starter more often, so we'll have to watch that. But uh, Santos goalie, Vanderlei, he was not called, and he's, doing, he's been playing really well for like at least a year. So some say that he should be called instead of Alisson. But, you know, we have three very good goalies. It's probably not a big deal. And then in the defense, you talked about Davi Luiz. And everyone says that Rodrigo Caio from Sao Paulo does not deserve to be in the national team. Because Sao Paulo has been doing very badly. And they've been taking a lot of goals. And if you are good enough to be in the national team, you expect to be a defender who will save your club. You know, even if you have a bad team and you're that good... You shouldn't be taking all those goals that São Paulo takes. 
In, in other words, he's not playing well not for Sao Paulo. Chich is still calling him up. So I think this might be like one last chance that Chich is giving him. I would not be surprised if he's, he gets replaced by David Luiz in the next list. And then the other controversies are Giuliano, who plays for Zenit. Apparently he hadn't even been playing much and he might even leave Zenit. I don't know where it stands now, but, mm -hmm. you know, to be in the Brazilian national team, you expect someone to be playing a lot and very well. So I don't know what Chichi called him. I'm sure he is, uh, you know, Chichi trusts him. If I'm not mistaken, Chichi was his coach when he was very young. So it's somebody that Chichi knows. And the same goes to Tyson, the forward that plays for Shakhtar. Also, I think he was... Uh, Chichi was his coach when he was very young, and that's why Chichi keeps calling him up to the national team. But other than those players, I think all the others are pretty sad, and if nothing else happens, the World Cup list is not going to be much different than, than what we're looking at right now. No, I, I agree. I think that if there is a complaint that people have about Chichi, is that sometimes they feel he does not pick the absolute best players, but that he picks, not dissimilar from, let's say, Jose Mourinho, but someone who's going to, A, follow instructions and is better for the team, right? Because there's a lot of people who think that Monaco's Fabinho should be called up. There's a lot of people who, there's a lot of talk that he would be moving on, even to possibly PSG. I know Manchester United was looking at him earlier in the summer, that sort of thing. So I think that's the one negative that people have of him. However, as long as the team is winning... Yeah, yeah, what does it matter? It's working. And and Chichi, and I know him very well because, you know, obviously he was Corinthians' uh, coach. And he has this thing where he plays the players who deserve it. So it doesn't matter if you have a big name. If, you do, if you're doing well in training, if he trusts that you're going to follow orders and play well, that's who he's going to call. He made, made a gamble with Paulinho and it paid off. Now Paulinho is at Barcelona. So maybe he's looking at Giuliano and Tyson and Rodrigo Caio the same way. Although, if I were to bet, I think this is Rodrigo, Caio, Rodrigo Caio's last few games for the Brazilian national team. Because Sao Paulo is not doing well. and Actually, Sao Paulo is trying to sell him. <laughs> because, you know, they, he's in the national team, so he, they could get some money for him. But that's not going to last much longer. So, we'll see. So, uh, just to remind you, Brazil is playing Ecuador and Colombia next. Mm -hmm. So in our next episode, we'll talk about more about those games and what happened. All right, so that's it for the Brazilian national team. Yep. And that's pretty much it for this podcast, or for this episode. So just a few things coming up. So in our next episode, we're going to talk about this trip that Brennan and I took. Just give a little tease, Brennan. What did you see in Paris? I saw crowds. Mm -hmm. I saw Neymar. I saw goals. <laughs> Very good. Those are uh, nice little teases. Yeah, all right. Great, Brandon. So, yeah, next episode, tune in. We'll talk about Brandon's experience in Paris. And I was in Brazil, so I also went to a Corinthians game in Sao Paulo, and I have some things to talk about that, too. So it's coming up in a few days. You will not have to wait a couple of weeks from now because this episode was delayed. So just check us out next week. We should have a new episode for you. Sounds good. So we will wrap this up. Obviously, you can find us, as we will always remind you, social media, 
Brazil Soccer Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Join the conversation. Send us tweets. Comment on the posts. Whatever you like. We want to hear from you. We love hearing from you. And uh, also visit the website. We obviously put up show notes for this website. We put up some different tits and tats and things for you to look at on the website uh, that usually, you know, relate to the, the episode. And subscribe. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on iTunes. Make sure you give us a review and rating on iTunes. That helps us, obviously, reach more viewers, more listeners. And um, we're also on Stitcher. We're on SoundCloud. You can find us pretty much anywhere that you can download a podcast. <laughs> we are there. So, yeah, we look forward to seeing and hearing from all of you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Brazilian Soccer Podcast, presented by Soccer Expeditions. Visit SoccerExpeditions.com to learn more about amazing soccer-centric vacations. That's SoccerExpeditions.com. Matt Raymond for designing our logo. And Richard Tenenbaum for voiceovers. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Thanks.